You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So this morning I want to minister on what are those things that limit me in my life. Right now maybe you're in a season where you feel I'm limited. So there are sometimes actual things that can come against you, but sometimes you just find yourself in a season. So you have to discover, you have to find out, am I just in a season, or is there actually things that I've done that is limiting me, keeping me back? Remember, it was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. So if it's a time where you are facing temptations, And the Holy Spirit has led you into the wilderness to be tempted. You know God will see you through. Amen. The sons of Issachar, they understood times and seasons. If you don't understand the season that you are in, you can get frustrated very quickly. Somebody that feels I must work now. I'm going to be a successful businessman and want to start to work, but they are 15 years old. It's their season now to first study, to finish school, to maybe get another qualification before they start working. But if you now stop being at school and you leave school at the age of 15 or 16 and you start working, yes, You're going to be earning some money maybe that your friends right now is not earning. But on the long run, it will work against you, not for you. Because you've not understand the time and the season. So I want to talk about what are the things that are really limiting people. The one thing that will limit you is decisions that you make. The Bible says God has placed before us life and death, the blessing, and the curse. Then he says, let me give you advice. Choose life. So oftentimes, we don't choose life. Because we've simply been trained in the wrong way. Even as Christians, we've been trained in the wrong way. One thing we can be sure of, that the devil has got certain devices. Ways to try to trick us, so that killing, stealing, and destroying can manifest in our lives. But if we allow God into our lives, there'll be life in abundance. Superior in quality and superabundant in quantity. One of the things in this world where we live right now that we think we've all realized is that there's a lack of love. Everybody is seeking love, but there's a lack of love. People get offended so quickly. Turn with me. In your Bibles to Luke chapter 17 verse 1. The Bible says offense will come to everyone. The Bible says offense will come to everyone. And just because offense has come to you once doesn't mean it won't come again. The Passion Translation says betrayals comes to everyone. It means people will come and tell you one thing and they're going to do the opposite. You know when it's the worst. When it's somebody that you don't expect it from. 
it's usually even more difficult to forgive that person. One of the big things that causes limitation in people's lives are offenses. It will limit you in your career. It will limit you in your marriage. It will limit you in your relationships. Are you there? Are you at Luke 17? I want to take the time to read 17 verse 1. Then he said to his disciples, It is impossible that no offense should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Can you see the offended and the offender both are in need of forgiveness? So Jesus is teaching here about offense. Verse 4. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you to say, forgive me, or repent, you shall forgive him. Later on, Jesus, when Peter came to him, he said, how many times should I forgive? Seven times, Lord. I heard you said something like that. He said, no, not seven times, 70 times seven. Go to verse 5. Remember, faith is the only thing that pleases God. Faith is the only thing that pleases God. So after the, Jesus told his disciples that offense will come to everybody, they asked the natural question. Verse 5, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant plowing and tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat, but will not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me until I have eaten and drunk, and afterward you will eat and drink. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all those things, which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants, we've done what was our duty to do. Can you see that Jesus links offense and faithfulness to each other? People that are offended cannot be faithful. When you're offended, you'll be thinking about that offense the whole time, you'll be filtering everything through the offense. And it will affect you in the marketplace. You'd want the faith to move mountains. But Jesus said, if you want to increase your faith, become more faithful. But people that are offended cannot become more faithful. Offense will limit you to be faithful. Because you'll view everything through the offense justify everything through the offense if you read on further the story about the 10 lepers that got healed all of them cried out and said lord heal me in other words they had an expectation for god to heal and god healed all of them but it was only one who came back to give glory to god and god said your faith has made you well I want you to see here 
Nine were healed. Only one were made well. When you've been made well, you can function the way that God has called you to function. The number one thing that will cause limitation in your life is offense. So many times people come to the front and they say, I'm experiencing limitation in my life. Can you pray for me? Have you let go of every offense? Now it's very quiet. Pastor, deliver me from the spirit of limitation. Have you limited your forgiving? Because if you're limiting your forgiving, you are planting that kind of a seed. And you're limiting yourself. We're doing some Bible study here this morning. Can I talk to husbands for one minute and show you the effect of unforgiveness when uh, the head of the home does not want to forgive? It has an impact on the whole family, on the wives and the children. Now it's quiet. Corinthians teaches that everybody has their own opinion. And you can have your own opinion, and that's fine. But your opinion needs to be viewed in the light of God's word. Needs to be viewed in the light of God's word. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1 says, Now let me address the issue of food offered in sacrifices to idols. It seems that everyone believes his own opinion is right on this matter. How easily we get puffed up over our opinions, but love builds up the structure of our new life. A successful life is all about your heart, what you believe. Are you there? Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often... Shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? He wants to do the right thing. Seven times, Lord. Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. And when he had begun to settle the accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. The Passion Translation says $1 billion. $1 billion. That's real money. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay his master, commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of the fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. The Passion Translation says $20,000. Still a lot of money, but compared to one billion, that's nothing. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me. I will pay you all. And he would not, but he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, 
they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each one from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Family, many people are experiencing torturers in their life because they're not prepared to forgive. You have demonic activity in your life because you're not prepared to forgive. God has forgiven you, but you are not prepared to forgive. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's time to let go of the offense. When you don't let go of an offense, you are limiting yourself. You are placing yourself in a cage. You are imprisoning yourself. More than that, go read verse 25. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. When you make a decision as the head of the home not to forgive, it affects your family, your wife and your children. Now it's very quiet. That's the truth. You're the head, but with that being the head, there's a responsibility that comes. You not letting go. Some of you haven't spoken to family members for years. You're offended with family and friends. Brothers that have not spoken to brothers. Children growing up just knowing we don't talk to that uncle. Why? We don't know why, but we don't talk. We have to be angry with them. We have to be offended. And you're training that child's heart from a young age to keep a grudge. You're training that child from a young age not to train their hearts to be quick to forgive. You're training them to keep their hearts hardened. And you don't realize how dangerous it is. If you go look at the book of Mark, Jesus wanted to pass his disciples by. Because of the hardness of their hearts. Pastor, please pray for me. There's a limitation in my life. The limitation is you're not prepared to forgive as Christ has forgiven you. And the same measure that you're using is the same measure that's being measured back to you. It's very quiet. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's always hope. Tell them you couldn't get your heart soft. You couldn't save yourself. You couldn't help yourself. So Jesus came to help you. Do you know why people don't want to forgive? It's because of pride. I'm right. My brother is wrong. My brother should come to me and say sorry. And it's pride that keeps you from forgiving. 
But you don't realize how dangerous pride is. Because Obadiah 1 verse 3 says, It is the pride of my heart that has deceived me. And now you start to walk in deception. And you think what you're doing is right, but it's wrong. And your heart deceives you in so many things. When you have to make a decision, you don't know what decision to make. And you say, God, help me. But the Bible says, the Spirit of God draws near to those who humble themselves. You're rebuking the devil, but nothing is changing. You're being tormented. Why? Because the Bible says, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But you are saying, no, I will not forgive my brother. And now you want to start to rebuke the devil. And that's a very dangerous thing to do when you don't have the spirit of God with you. Go ask the seven sons of Sceva. Their father was a minister was a priest but they operated without the Holy Spirit it's a very dangerous thing to do go to Mark 11 we want faith to move mountains Jesus answered and said to them have faith in God for surely I say to you whoever says to, his, to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe and you receive them and you will have them. And we've been taught for years, claim it, name it, frame it, believe it and you'll have it. And that's all that they've taught you. And you've been claiming, framing, naming it, but nothing has changed. And you want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because faith works through love. The next verse gives you the clue. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven Forgive your trespasses. Can you see that God links faith and forgiveness to each other? Can you see from Luke 17, letting go of an offense will help you to be more faithful because when the disciples asked, increase our faith, Jesus said, increase your faithfulness and your faith will increase. Offense will limit you in being faithful, offense will limit your faith. What does James say? James says, confess your sins to one another. Then pray for the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Am I right? When you've made a mistake, say sorry.
when you've offended your brother, go make right. Loving God, loving people. The cross, loving God, loving people. Don't say you love God, but you don't love people. We sit here as Christians and we say we love God, but we love our brothers. We even give it nice words. We're friends, but you hate your brother. So now you say, we are frenemies. <laughs> Hello, young people, <laughs> my frenemies. What kind of a thing is a frenemy? <laughs> Can I go on? We say we are Christians. Just as Adam never realized what the impact was of his disobedience. Remember Romans 5 says, through one man offense came into this world. That man's offense has impacted you and me and all of mankind. In the same way you don't know the impact of your one offense on the people around you. You need God to reveal that to you. But in the same way, when you let go of that offense, you will never know the impact of letting go of that offense. Do you want to know whether you offended or not? Can I show you from the Bible how we know when you're offended or not? Turn with me to Hebrews 12. I want you to deal with the limitation in your life once and for all. Hebrews 12 verse 15. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Family, listen to me. If you are bitter, you will defile If I have unforgiveness in my heart towards Pastor Labona, I will defile him. I will come and say, hmm, look now at this Pastor Labona again. I told him blocks, now he put a block tie on. It's supposed to be on his suit, not on your tie. What is your problem? You call yourself a man of God. If you are defiling somebody, it is the fruit of the root of bitterness. If there's a root of bitterness, you have taken offense, there is resentment, there is unforgiveness, and then there's bitterness. After the bitterness, there will be hatred where I will start to hate him. And the Bible says, if I hate him, I've become a murderer. Can you see how dangerous it is to take offense? It is you drinking the poison, waiting for the other person to die. If I'm offended with Pastor Labona, 
I'm the one drinking the poison and I'm waiting for him to die. Who's going to die? I'm going to die. If there's life and death in the power of my tongue, do you believe that? If I am speaking negative things about him, the Bible says he is a living soul. If I am attacking his soul, I've become a murderer of souls. When you are speaking negative things about people, you've become a murderer of souls. Say, Lord Jesus, help me. Can you see how much we need God? In a society today that where I'm upset with you, I just go on my phone. Say, can you believe what this person did? He said this and this about me. Or this person da 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 da. And you speak out of your emotions. And how much damage has it caused? Let me give you advice. If you continuing staying offended, go and see if you're not hanging out with people that are offended. Because an offended person will look for other offended people because they don't want to be offended alone. Did the boss also say that to you? You think he can say that? I think he said something like that. We should stop it now. And two of you are talking. And now you go to the PR or the supervisor or something. And you come there and you say, people are saying, this boss is very nasty and speaks ugly to us. People. All of the, all of the people. Can you tell us who's the people? Me and Susie spoke. No, but that's you offended, busy making her offended to pick up your offense, and now it's people. Let me tell you what I believe. I believe people in this country want to live together. I believe they want to be happy. I believe there's a few people that saying the people say, but it's they that are offended about something that happened. Something they were promised that did not happen, and now they're upset. And now they're saying, all of us are saying it. Remember, it was John the Baptist with the expectation that he had for Jesus to come and get him out of prison. Because he had the revelation that Jesus was the Christ. The one who was anointed to set the captives free. And when he was in jail, he sent his disciples and he said, go tell John. I'm in prison. He must come set me free. And the disciples went and said, John is in prison. He says, yes, go tell John. I am doing what I'm supposed to do. The blind is seeing. The death is hearing. The demon possessed are being set free. Tell John, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Many of you have been offended with God. Because you told God what he's supposed to come and do in your life. 
And God says, I've got my own will. It's not your will. And you've been offended with God for years, limiting yourself and blaming God. If Jesus said to John the Baptist, who heard the voice, who had the revelation, who saw the Holy Spirit descend. A matter of fact, he was John the Baptist who jumped on the inside of his mother when he experienced Jesus in Mary's stomach the first time. If somebody should have said, I know, and Jesus said to him, I want to tell you, go tell him, he'll be blessed if he does not get offended because of me. Some of you have had such great expectations, and those great expectations have caused you to be offended. Do you know where we have great expectations? Between husbands and wives. She's have got great expectations of me, what I should be, how I should be, how I should respond, and I have the same with her. And when that does not happen, it's so easy to go to offend it with your spouse. The Bible says, make sure that there's peace between the two of you, husbands, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Very quiet now. The Bible says, let's not be ignorant of the devil's devices. The number one device of the devil is offense. Some of you have been offended with your boss because you thought when he got the promotion, you should get his job. And it didn't happen. And since then, you've been offended. And where you were functioning at 150% and would have even got an, maybe a bigger promotion because of offense, your faithfulness have gone down completely. I'll not show you. I won't do it the way that you want. You're backchatting your boss. You're backchatting your superiors. You're giving your colleagues a hard time. And you're stuck. And you want to come to the prayer line and say, pray that the spirit of limitation must be removed. And after prayer, nothing changes. And you say, God cannot do what he said he will do. But you've not changed in your heart. Or you come for prayer. And God deals with the root. And the fruit must just shrivel up and die. But it's still there. And you're quick to speak because it's not happening immediately. And you're offended with God. And that which was planted, which was good, because you're viewing everything through an offense, even the good, you miss it. Turn with me to 1 John 3. We serve a God that brings light and life into our lives. The first thing that the Holy Spirit does is He regenerates our spirit. His love has been poured out into our hearts. Knowledge is limited, but the love of God is not limited. 
when you are born of love, you can show love. But when you're just convinced here in your mind, your mind will play games with you. Then you'll only love when people love you. But when you're born again, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Romans 5 says, when we hated him, when we wanted nothing to do with him, he married us. He made himself one with us. He said, you are mine. 1 John 3, verse 14. The way we know we've been transformed from death to life is that we love our brothers and sisters. How do we know that you are born again? You love your brothers and your sisters. Anyone who doesn't love is as good as dead. And anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know very well that eternal life and murder don't go together. Lord Jesus, help us. Proverbs 16 verse 27. Mean people spread mean gossip. Their words smart and burn. Troublemakers start fights. Gossips break up friendships. The New King James says, by mean of a whisperer, the best of friends are separated. Why? Because you're sharing something that causes offense in that person's heart. Listen to me, family. God gives grace to every person each and every day to handle what you must handle. So say brother Mike offends me. He does something wrong. He might even be guilty. God will give me the grace to handle with this offense and say, Lord, as you have forgiven me, help me to forgive brother Mike. Now I can forgive brother Mike. But you know what we do? I don't go to brother Mike and make right as the Bible says. I now come to Brother Simon, who does not have the grace for that day to handle the offense with this man. And I say to him, you won't believe. This guy, Magabu, you know what he's done? And I put an offense in his heart, which he does not have the grace to handle for that day. And it can distract him, it can disrupt him, it can even destroy him. And the offense that I had that I was supposed to go make right with him, I've now placed in his heart. Now he's walking with that thing in his heart. Now later that evening when I pray, God says, go make right. And I go and I make right. I say, Brother Mike, I'm, I'm so sorry, forgive me. And he says, no, forgive me. And I say, oh, thank God for the love of God. And we make right and there's peace between the two of us. And I go home. But I never go to him and say, you know what? We've made right. And that offense remains in his heart. Because I defiled this man with God and with him. That's why I say we don't know how much damage our offense has caused.
What now if he gets home and he says, Maureen, you won't believe what the pastor told me. What this, and now he shares that offense with his wife. And two, three weeks from now, a year from now, there's peace between the two of us. But they don't know because I've never come to them to say we've made right. And they're carrying this burden in their hearts. Just knowing after five or ten years, I must be angry with this brother. And we've had these things in our families. At work, for how long? It's time to go make right. As Christ has forgiven me, I can forgive, is what the Bible says. Luke ten twenty seven. So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Ephesians 4 verse 31, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. He's basically saying let go of offense. Because if you're offended, you'll become bitter. You'll start to defile. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Family, like Adam and Eve, cannot measure the sin they have committed because of the offense. In the same way, we cannot measure how much damage we've done through our offense, how much we've limited our families, our children, where they should have grown up loving people. Let me tell you something. Nobody is born a racist. They are taught to be a racist by their parents. You can change that cycle in your family by telling them, you are the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. What God values most about all of mankind is beyond human comprehension. Because in our hearts, we are made to be like God. God looks at your heart. Offense is a matter of the heart. You forgive from your heart. If you don't forgive from your heart, it will affect your heart. If you don't deal with your offenses, your offenses will deal with you. You have no excuse to keep an offense. I know some people have gone through horrible things. But whatever you've gone through compared to what Jesus went through. That's why Paul says in Ephesians, as Christ has forgiven you. Not as you have forgiven people. Christ forgave you 100%. Forgive people 100%. As you start doing that, your trust will be in God. You know what the Bible says when your trust is in God? Beautiful things are coming your way. Jeremiah 17. But when your trust is not in God to help you, you'll put your trust in man. And man will always disappoint you. If you're waiting for people to come to you to say sorry, it might never happen. And you'll keep yourself back for how long? Turn to the person next to you and say, let it go. Tell them again, say, let it go. Proverbs 19 verse 11. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. 
A wise man or a wise person demonstrates patience. For mercy means holding your tongue. We have a generation that say, I speak my mind. No, you need mercy and mercy means hold your tongue. Don't just say what you feel and think because feelings can change. A wise person demonstrates patience for mercy means holding your tongue. When you are insulted, be quick to forgive and forget it. For you are virtuous when you overlook an offense. Sometimes when people wrong you, just overlook it. Fight the battles that will affect your destiny. But if it will not affect your destiny, don't fight. The guy that takes your parking does not affect your destiny. Don't throw a tantrum. The guy who comes and sits on your seat in church does not affect your destiny. Don't get offended. Hmm? The guy who grabs the tomato sauce bottle at the restaurant before you can take it does not affect your destiny. Sometimes we surrender our emotions to things that cannot even talk to us, cannot even hug us, cannot even help us. And you're upset for a whole day about a tomato sauce bottle. You laugh, you know what is your tomato sauce bottle in your own life. <laughs> Sometimes people are just difficult because their hearts have been trained to be difficult. What if Jesus was difficult with us? What would happen to us? We would be lost. The facts are, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, that you make a decision whether you want to be a vessel of honor or dishonor. A vessel of glory. He says, you make the decision when you lay aside all these things. Then he says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. Being able to teach in humility so that those that are offended or wronged may come to their senses. And you should pray for them because they have surrendered their will to the devil. When you've surrendered your will to the devil, you will confess that you're a Christian, but you're under the control of the devil. Fighting, strive. When you fight, you surrender your will to the devil. Because God said, I've made you agents of peace. Go look back and see, are you fighting more? Or are you imparting peace more? Because our words should be seasoned with grace. Not with bitterness and not with offense. If you go look back, you'll see under whose control you've been and why you've experiencing limitation. If you make a decision today to say, I'm letting go of every offense, every person that's wronged me, every expectation that I've had that's been unfulfilled in my life that's caused offense, I'm going to let go of it. You'll see your life will change and God will take you from where you are 
to where you must be or where God wants you to be. It's not all up to God. You have your part to play. Your part is to forgive. Amen? To let go of the grudges. And immediately you'll see your faith will start to work much better. And God will take you from glory to glory and strength to strength. See you later. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.